It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. It's something you may have never really thought about before, but which of these sound best? Autistic person or person with autism? Disabled person or person with a disability? A CAPS family or a family that receives CAPS? These are examples of person-first language. And Commissioner, it's a passion for our special guest today. It is. Brandy Laqueta has taught me a lot about people-first language, and um, I've heard her talk about it a couple times, and I learn something new each time. So I thought it would be a great idea to have her share it with everyone that listens to our podcast, external and internal, to decal. Well, Brandy is the inclusion manager uh, here at Bright from the Start. And Brandy, first let's talk about your background. How did this become a passion for you, and, and how did your journey bring you to decal? That is a great question, Reg. (laughs) So I have a complicated journey, as I'm sure a lot of people do, but I started in um, child care in 2002, and I was in a child care program. So I interfaced with um, DECAL as a teacher and then as eventually as a director and a pre-K project director. And then I left um, child care to go to grad school hmm. and kept in touch with an old friend, Pam Stevens. Pam Stevens, <laughs> and, deputy commissioner of child care services. Yes, a shameless plug. <laughs> and um, Pam actually told me when um, inclusion moved over to DECAL, and um, told me that I should keep my eyes out for the posting. She thought it'd be something I'd be interested in. So that's what brought me back to decal from Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. That's great. A good decision so far? You're a great decision. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're glad to have you. And this is an interesting topic. We call it person-first language. Kind of a different way of thinking about the words we use when we're talking about people in general, but I guess specifically people with uh, disabilities. Absolutely. And it, it comes up in the agency a lot because we obviously interface with families and different types of families and children and providers serving different types of families and children. But it comes up everywhere. I mean, just on the voting poll mm-hmm. um, uh, and on the news and the paper, you see it all the time. Yeah, you said you actually saw some examples on the yes. ballot yes. on election <laughs> yes, day. Yes, on election day. Actually, before election day, because I did some research um, on the amendments before election day. But I'm, I'm generally not surprised. I'm more surprised when I hear person-first language mm-hmm. in the media than when I don't. Mm-hmm. You know somebody has been to a presentation probably like yours, or at least right. they're conscious of Right. Yeah, that's I think has a lot to do with it. You have an interesting statistic uh, in the presentation, and that is one in five Americans has a disability, collectively making them the nation's largest minority. That's right, and that's of the that is of the last um, census. So we talk about that in the presentation to say that. When we think about the word disability, a lot of times you have an immediate image that comes to your mind, but there are so many more people than you realize who have some type of disability, and um, and you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's important to know that uh, that those people make up a great majority of our population. What do you think comes to mind for most people when they hear disability? 
I think for a lot of childcare providers, so I'll start there, a lot of them, because we interface with them a lot, I think what first comes to mind is either a physical disability, so they imagine a person or a child in a wheelchair with some piece of physical equipment that helps them navigate, um, or they imagine someone with Down syndrome, so Mm -hmm. someone who has a more obvious physical disability and maybe not someone who has diabetes or who has hearing loss. Mm Mm-hmm. Not as easy to spot. Right. Yeah. Right. I know you've got a photograph in your presentation. It's like, okay, tell me which child has a disability. Right. And it's a challenge because all of them uh, look the same. Right. And in the picture, there are five. Yeah. That's so. amazing. Well, it's something that I think people probably don't think that much about. And you've got this presentation. Um, first of all, tell us um, about the presentation and where are you able to share it? So the presentation is affectionately um, coined a person first language or how not to sound like a jerk. I don't think that um, anyone goes about their day intentionally trying to say or do the wrong thing to offend or hurt someone's feelings. So the presentation came about from a lot of requests across the agency to talk about um, children with disabilities and how how to handle some tough questions. And then it evolved over time to become a part of our Inclusive Early Learning Week, and we embedded person-first language pretty heavily there and then had several requests from different divisions to talk about, hey, we want to know how we can use person-first language, Mm -hmm. and we want to know more about how we can sound um, a little differently when we talk to and about people with disabilities. And so important because, like you say, we're interacting with all thousands of child care programs around the state, whether it's pre-K or child care services or nutrition. So it's something we need to keep top of mind. Is it a light bulb moment for a lot of the people that attend? I think so. So we played most recently, we did this in, um, in Macon with system reform and we played a live version of the game, um, giving folks some examples of, of person first language and not person first language. And they would stand up or sit down according to whether they thought this statement used person first language or not. And there were some times where they got it wrong and then we talked through it and we saw some, okay, Mm -hmm. okay. That makes more sense. I get that. I can see how that um, is not an example. And you have them take something called the Person First Pledge. What is that? So it's just really a a certificate that says I'm making a commitment to be mindful about the language that I use. And it gives some examples of, um, of I will say this instead of this. And they sign it. And the idea is to put it somewhere that it'll be front of your mind Mm -hmm. and that you'll be able to look up and see it and you can just be mindful. And every chance you have the opportunity to think about um, your language and the language you use. We talked about the quiz. Commissioner, if it's okay Mm -hmm. with you, Brandy has brought along some of these quiz questions and we thought we'd see how well we could do uh, with what knowledge we have of so person we, first. We're a team, Irish. you and me, okay. that's right. <laughs> let me just preface it with, by saying we're not intending to be jerks, right? Right. And so um, we're learning, <laughs> we're still learning from Brandy and her peers. And So if we um, get it wrong. If we get it wrong, please don't take offense to it. But mm-hmm. I am thankful that I feel like as DECAL, we can kind of set the example of what does it even mean and how do you not offend someone? Because that's right. not what we're in the world to do, but sometimes right. maybe we unintentionally mm-hmm. Well, I think it, it's a good point to say we actually talked about this and I I try to remember to talk about it with every group that we engage with that you're not going to get it right every time 
it takes sort of retraining your brain over a long period of time. There are still, believe it or not, sometimes I don't get it right. Hmm. And, and you're the expert. What? Right, right. Breaking <laughs> news. Trust. Um, but you, you just, you don't want to call anybody out in a way that feels shameful or hurtful because even though you're using person-first language when you do that, you're still going to sound like a jerk. Well, and you so. make a great point about if you were just to introduce a friend, you wouldn't lead with a lot of the things we lead with when we're talking about children or people with disabilities. So that was uh, connected with me anyway, because I wouldn't say this is my engineer friend, Bob. I would say this is Bob. Oh, he happens to be an engineer Mm -hmm. or something like that. But you oftentimes will see in the paper autistic man Mm -hmm. and something that this person has done or um, physically disabled child and something that happened to or about that person. Mm -hmm. So it's the lead Mm -hmm. um, when it comes in. And we talked a lot about when do you talk about a person's disability when it matters Mm -hmm. and not when it doesn't. And it doesn't always matter. Yeah. Not applicable in some cases. Right. All right. Let's uh, hear some of the questions here. Are you nervous? <laughs> yes. You look nervous. <laughs> we should use the one um, ones from your uh, example. So um, saying that um, a child is autistic, mm-hmm. person first or not person first. A child is autistic. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be person first. I would say not person first. Right. The commissioner got that one right. Oh, no. <laughs> the commissioner got that one right. So the person first example would be um, that the child has autism. He's not autistic. Okay. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Right. right. That's hard so because... you just learned something new today. I did. No, that's <laughs> yes. good. And it's something you hear a lot, right? I probably say that all the time, too, though, unfortunately. Right. So there's a twist on it with Down syndrome that you don't hear a lot, which might sound like... Um, Jonah is a Downs boy. Mm. So person first or not person first. I'm going to go with no. No. Right, no, right? So Jonah has Down syndrome, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You don't hear that one a lot. So Rachel is physically challenged. Person first or not? Wow. That one's harder. She is physically challenged or she has a physical challenge. Or does it matter? Oh, I don't know, Reg. I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that is not person first. That's right. It's not. So when you hear things like confined to a wheelchair, challenged physically, um, you that's usually that can be a cue. Like maybe we can say that a little bit differently. So you might say that that person or that child has a physical disability. Hmm. Okay. Right? Okay. Rather than that person or that person uses a wheelchair rather than this person's confined to a wheelchair. Right. right. Because for a person who's a wheelchair user, it's it's their mobility. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel confining it feels like this is my mode of access this is how without this i couldn't get from point a to point b that's good got any more yeah all right so um this one we shared which which sparked some light bulbs so megan is a special needs student i'm going to say that is i'm gonna say that's not person first yeah that's right that's right it's not (laughs) it's not it's not so um you guys caught on pretty quick. <laughs> you caught on pretty quick. So um, we talk a little bit about um, using the phrase special needs versus mm-hmm. using the phrase disabilities. And we talked a little bit about that in, in all the presentations. And we bring it up because when you say special, it's 
meaning something that if, if you had this special present or this special gift, everyone would want it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when we're talking about um, children or people having special needs, we're not talking about something everybody wishes they had or could be a part of. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of became this kind way to say or different mm-hmm. way to say because maybe it didn't sound as friendly or someone should feel ashamed if we use the word disability mm-hmm. instead. So we talk a little bit about that. And there's a video in the presentation of a young adult woman with Down syndrome who talks about special needs. And she said um, that she doesn't have special needs emphatically. And she said, you know, it would be special if I ate dinosaur eggs for breakfast. That would be special. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so she talks about special needs just being human needs. Like they just want to be respected, cared for. Um, and have opportunities. So uh, we talk a little bit about two. So there, I'll give you one more. Okay. okay. I think you'll get this one because um, the commissioner had a great analogy for this one. So um, imagine asking um, someone, if you're on the phone interacting with them, will you need handicapped parking? Uh, no, that is not person first. Right. No. <laughs> right. So do you remember the alternate version? Accessible, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> we accessible need accessible parking. parking. Or do you... Um, and we had someone, I think it was Clayton, actually. Shout out Clayton Adams. Mm. Who said, um, what if the person doesn't know what you mean when you say accessible right. parking? Right. Um, and I said, just take the opportunity to tell them. You know, do you... Will you have... Do you need um, flat surfaces? Will you be traveling with someone who has uh, mobility equipment, like a wheelchair or a walker? Mm. Um, and do you need a more accessible location to park? What if someone outside the agency would like to have you come? I don't want to overcommit you here, (laughs) have your email box fill up, but would you be open to presenting that to outside groups if that's Yeah, I think so. Sure. I mean, I think people might want more information, or maybe you can point them in the right direction. Mm -hmm. We have something uh, every year also that Brandy really came up with, which is called uh, Inclusive Early Learning Week. And we've done it uh, two years now, I think, maybe three. Three. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll be doing it again. It falls, I love this timing, in February Mm -hmm. uh, during the week of Valentine's. And you're going to be doing that again in 2019. We are. So uh, the the planning committee is gearing up now uh, for inclusive of early learning week and planning some fun activities every year we have a provider celebration kit which gives um, providers activities linked directly to the georgia early learning and development standards they can do in their classrooms to promote inclusion they can do with their staff and they can um, engage with families um, to celebrate the week Callie makes visits the commissioner makes visits several um, people at decal a lot of field staff and other decal staff are reading to programs hmm. um, reading books that talk about celebrating differences and and being friends I'm not saying Brandy's competitive but she would really <laughs> like to take over uh, and become more popular than Georgia pre-k week <laughs> And okay. read across Georgia. So, Hashtag uh, never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> never, but, never going to happen. But, but I will tell you, hard lesson learned. So the first year we had it, we did Inclusive Schools Week, which is a national celebration that the K-12 arena does. It's the first week of December, not a good week for child care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we moved it to October. And did not a good yeah. idea. Stay out of stay out of October. Right. Um, our pre K friends are really great to us during Inclusive Early Learning Week, and we want to be great to them 
during pre-K week, and Valentine's Day feels like the right time to do it. Yeah, that's a good one. Great way to remember, too. And the governor usually proclaims Inclusive Early Learning Week as well. Right. That's fantastic. Well, Brandon, thanks for sharing with us today. Um, I think we all will start thinking more about this. Thanks to some of the... Is there a way beyond just like the special week and that kind of thing that this can be top of mind for us? Is there a way that uh, maybe some type of reminder that you give your students in the presentation to try to always keep this in the, front of them? The person first pledge is a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, we can definitely um, get those out there. It's actually on our website, mm-hmm. um, on the inclusion page on the decal site. Um, I would say uh, the, the person first pledge is probably the quickest and easiest, but anything I want to remember like that, I usually put on my monitor somewhere I'm going to look a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just put it in a way that'll trigger my memory. And so if you're someone who interfaces with folks on the phone a lot, maybe you put it somewhere in your workspace to just be mindful when you're talking to families. Great idea. And they can reach you through our website at uh, decal.ga.gov. They can. All right. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Reg. Now your questions from the water cooler. Good morning. My name is Ebony Bergen, and I am with Child Care and Parent Services. My question would be, will there ever be a chance for us to have off the day after Christmas and the day after New Year's? Okay, well, thanks, Ebony. That is a great question. We all like to take time off around uh, Christmas and New Year's. Um, I don't know the answer to your question. I will tell you that all state holidays are determined um, at the governor's office level, so it just kind of depends when it falls. But we do save holidays that we don't take in February so that we can have extra time off um, at Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we're lucky there, and maybe one day it'll end up being the day after Christmas and New Year's. I would support that. You do get a couple of extra holidays when you work for the state that other people don't Yeah, get. we get a lot of good holidays, yeah. state holiday one and state holiday two. That's I think we right. get about 11 total, which, which is pretty generous. It's a great benefit. Yeah. So good question. I enjoy them. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.